I started freaking out because one of my <laughs> one of my little fins got caught with water and it was dragging me down and I was trying to breathe through my nose and I realized I couldn't breathe at all. And then at one point, right before I died, I was like, oh, I have a snorkel in my mouth. Smashed collarbone. Smashed collarbone. Injuries. Injuries. Let's talk about injuries. Zach's back. I am back. We also have Mark. Hey, what's going on? Welcome, Mark. Mark's cool. At least Mark looks cooler than both of us, so. That's a given. He's balancing it out. And my latex bodysuit. Yeah. Mark was going to wear a latex bodysuit to really be nice to the audio vocals, but he didn't do that, so. Do you want to uh, explain how you broke your collarbone? Life update, collarbone went snap, clavicle fracture, in jiu-jitsu. Zach's got the, the x-ray pictures right there. Yes, there it is. We got it. Went to go take down someone at jiu-jitsu. Actually, at first, back it up. I kind of broke one of the golden rules, I think, of jiu-jitsu, which is if you don't know the person, you should probably just start sitting down. I think the golden rule is always pull guard. <laughs> that's the true golden rule always pull guard always pull guard when in doubt pull guard yeah i saw something the other day that said people that get mad at others that pull guard are just frustrated that they don't know how to pass guard <laughs> which that's a good point which for anyone that's unaware normally sometimes pulling guard is you know where you just grab the collar or something and you sit down rather than wrestling and taking someone down and it's always a kind of a a thing to make fun of, poke fun at people of those that only pull guard because, you know, the thought is that it takes less courage to pull guard than it does to try to take someone down. But in reality, it is sometimes quite effective. And as long as you have a solid guard, then it's not that big of an issue. And in this case, it's a lot safer. But pulling guard also leads to like all the memes on Instagram and whatnot of people like scooting across their floor on their butt. And it's like when you break into a jujitsu guy's house and he's yeah. like, get over here, I'll beat the shit out <laughs> It takes courage to get somebody in between your legs like that though. It does. it does. You have to sit down and pull them in. You gotta light candles and buy them dinner. All sorts That's of things. thing. Also for the record, Mark also does uh, jujitsu. So we're mm-hmm. all three here. We all kind of know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Anyway, so I went to do a takedown on someone that I don't really know. And um, yeah, I went to shoot for a double leg, which is sort of where you like, you shoot your front knee in between their legs, grab around both of their legs and take them down. Kind of like what you would think of as somewhat of a prototypical football tackle, I guess. Except they don't normally do it with their knees like that. But anyways, um, I went to do that. Didn't quite work. It was quite a large human as well. And uh, so then I went to sit back and... He kind of just like swan dived, did some weird thing and fell down across my shoulders. So we both came down at the same time. I was sitting back and then he ended up sort of like, you know, like your belly flopping off of a, off of a diving board. But instead of going into a pool, it came down across my shoulders and the collarbone went snap. You were kind of on your side though, right? I was on my side. Yeah. Did you like kind of like folded my front? deltoids towards each other across the front yeah in the worst like 
peck fly on the planet. And it's left clavicle that's broken. So when you landed on the ground, you were on your right side. Right? No, I was on my left side. Ah. Okay. Yeah. So it was the the force hitting the floor plus ah. all that weight on top. Okay. Okay. Folded hot dog style. Folded hot dog style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that was that was how it happened. And and then the jujitsu squad assembled, and uh, the Avengers took me to the the ER. We got it looked at. Zach came in and uh, took over the supervisions of the cripple. It was me at the time. And uh, yeah, got the x-rays fractured in a sling. Went to Taco Bell. We ate a lot of Taco Bell at 2 o'clock. We went to Taco Bell at 2 o'clock in the morning after we finally got out of the hospital. And uh, and that was it. It looks like it's healing pretty well, though. It's it's healing. Uh, the pain is the pain is like migrating. Where right now this is like, you don't get it. You I mean, you're always injured, but not like bad injury. No, you know, it's always like something's always like strained or whatever. I don't know why. Yeah, but with the bad injuries, and I've had plenty of them. It's like the healing process is kind of interesting to observe because it kind of like migrates all over the place. So first it hurt, like it was all just swelling and pressure and, you know, it was all purple and yellow and discolored. And and then the swelling started to go away. And then now it's like, you can like touch the collarbone and stuff, but it's just like, there's this one point where it must be something from one of the muscles holding it, supporting it that it like shoots this pain across sort of like the bicep tendon. It makes me want to, makes me want to scream, but that's, that's about the only thing now. But what was it? Uh, something displaced, minimally displaced fracture, minimally displaced. Yeah. So like, Could it have like pinched a nerve or no, something? well with minimally, 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 this is Dr. Burgraff minimally displaced fracture. Uh, it just means that once it's snapped, it's not, like both sides of the bones are still relatively close to each other. Okay. So the displacement of the fracture is how essentially far away both sides are once you've snapped it. Ooh, like spread apart or like? Yeah, like spread apart. Like tectonic plates? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like with collarbones, for example, like for the most part, it's interesting with collarbones is that I'm, I'm not an orthopedic surgeon by any means, um, but I am good at looking up papers. But for the most part, even with, pretty good displacement it's for the most part left alone non-surgically and they the bones sort of migrate themselves back into place because the trap and all the supporting muscles kind of hold like a tunnel if you will and uh just kind of finds its way back not completely back there but it forms a callus and new bone kind of forms in between them but Mm -hmm. the only time that uh, they do surgery is if it's tenting on the skin so like it makes like a teepee it's like pushing up on the skin or if it breaks through the skin or it would be a compound fracture. I had one of those in my my leg. Is that when you fell down? Roller ski, roller blades. Yeah. We yeah. talked about that. It's just standing in the driveway. I just fell. Slap. <laughs> nice. Right. I was also obese at that point, I think. Probably. So I kind of... Those were those little Fisher-Price, like, roller skates that sit on your, like, strap over your sneakers. Mm-hmm. You know? Those so things are tight. Yeah. So this was like a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Just before jujitsu. Just Real before jujitsu. That's when I graduated from the, I figured after the roller skating, I should probably start fighting. Pick something more safe. Stop being bullied. Yeah. That was, that was that. But no, or if there's like multiple pieces of the collarbone. Hmm. But yeah, no, this was a pretty relatively clean break, I guess. As close as it can be. So what's the uh, recovery time now? Uh, is it six to this 12? Was, this was like 12 days ago. Yeah. I was gonna say. Is it like six to 12 weeks? Um, and what is the baseline activity that you're returning to at six to 12 weeks? I guess it's like six weeks before like daily activity resumes to normal. So you can take it out of the sling. Yeah. And then, or I mean like six weeks until you're like back to just normal every day, walking around, driving, all that kind of stuff. And then about 12 weeks or so for actual physical activity, like contact sport physical activity i mean you can i guess you can start lifting and stuff after six weeks but you gotta kind of unfreeze the shoulder and and it's sketchy i still think you should do physical therapy yeah i went to go lift it the other day and then my shoulders didn't move <laughs> yeah you should probably do physical I was like, therapy. i'm just gonna see how far we can get this thing up and i was like that didn't work we'll do like after i had my broken foot I, my foot was broken for like 13 months before I finally had surgery. Yeah. And then I had surgery and it took me, cause it was the bottom of my foot where I had the surgery or where the like surgical incision was. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So it took me probably like three months before I could actually put my foot on the ground and put weight on it again. Yeah. And then from there it was like just dealing with the pain for a couple of weeks. And then I started physical therapy and the actual foot was like the least of my worries. Like it was quick to get my foot back. Yeah. The pain was moderate but not bad and then we started working on ankle mobility because i had like two degrees of flexion in my right ankle and my left was at like 10 so we worked on my ankle and then i had knee pain so then i had to work on my knee and then i had hip and lower back pain from like having an awkward gait for 13 months and then being on crutches and a knee scooter for four months yeah and then walking with a cane for like two months it was a pain in the ass of a recovery it's the secondary stuff that gets you Every time. What about you, Mark? I've actually never broken a bone. What? Really? really? Yeah. Been lucky enough. Um, from jujitsu, I've popped ribs on both my left and right side. I've yeah. done something to my ankle, but nothing ever too traumatic. Yeah. I mean, a broken bone in jujitsu is, I mean, besides ribs, it's pretty rare. Yeah. I, guess I mean, I popped ankles, ribs that kind of just shift around, even broken ribs. Like yeah. just from the stress fractures from the weight and stuff is is somewhat common, but I feel like I got my issue because of you. <laughs> I pressure. drove my knee straight into Zach's chest and gave him uh, costochondritis. Costo- <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> to be fair, you would you would have already had it, and I would have just helped flare it up. Okay, well you flared the fuck out of it because <laughs> the shit hurts now. But well, if he was doing better in the guard retention process, then I wouldn't have done it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. We all got to learn at some point. It's not a big deal. It's what we're there for. I don't roll with an ego like Nick does, so I just get hurt while he wins. Steep half. Steep half. I also got the injury the same day that you got your injury, so. Was it really? Yeah, it was Thursday. Oh, that was a bad day for everybody. Yeah, payback. That was was just a, a bad day for everybody. The vibes were off. Vibes were off. The dude that you broke your collarbone with, too. Um, yeah, sketchy vibes when you were rolling with him. 
Damn. Like when I'm in Mount, why are you like smiling with veins popping out of your forehead? I don't like that. I have you in Mount and you're smiling. You're not doing anything, but it's creepy and it makes me feel awkward and borderline predatory. So <laughs> can't have that. Um, Anyone that doesn't do jujitsu is listening to this going, I'm just here for the science. We're <laughs> just here for the science. And keep what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty common thing though here. Um, what was the uh, review that we had on like Google Podcasts? Irreverent? Yes. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, injuries. We got range. So you got two ribs, a messed up ankle. What was a messed up ankle? Takedowns? Yeah. I was trying to push someone who was like six, seven, and I pushed off it weird and it just popped. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, you're like six, four. <laughs> I'm, I'm huge. I'm huge. Huge. Big huge. Man. Big man. Um, You also caught a nasty elbow from Jacob one day. I did. I also caught another elbow from Chris and he um, cut a, like a flap into my eye. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. That was last summer, wasn't it? Yeah. No, that was like right after Rev in the summer. Yeah. That's right. I remember that. Not too bad of injuries, though. And then throughout childhood, nothing? Nothing. Teenage, nothing. adult. Risk averse. You got to live more. <laughs> That's the thing is that Mark is not risk averse. Mark one time went to go meet up with our homie and Jay was like, oh, I'm getting ready to go for a run. And Mark was like, I'll go. And Jay was wearing like running shoes, shorts, normal running attire. And Mark was wearing like sweatpants and Tim's. <laughs> Just that, seems, for a that seems about right. You got to run how you live. Run <laughs> how you live. Train how you fight. And uh, pretty sure that's the Adam Sandler workout attire. <laughs> <laughs> or some some basketball shorts in Tim's. Super nice on the court, though. You also climbed a mountain in Tim's, which is pretty impressive, all things considered. I sure did. Did you do everything in Tim's? Do you swim in Tim's? You know it. Mark doesn't swim. No, I don't. <laughs> I also don't swim. Really? No, fuck no. I think Mark said one time that he swims for, swims for survival, not leisure, and that like imprinted on me <laughs> very much. The one time I tried to swim for leisure, um, we went... Um, what do you call it? Like coral reef, kind of just checking them out in the Philippines. And I had uh, snorkel on. I had the fins on, and I started freaking out because one of my <laughs> one of my little fins got caught with water, and it was dragging me down. And I was trying to breathe through my nose, and I realized I couldn't breathe at all. And then at one point, right before I died, I was like, "Oh, I have a snorkel in my mouth." So luckily, I didn't die with all of my cousins like five feet away from me in secret. <laughs> I get it. Strong swimmer. I would also be scared of the water after that. Uh, I I enjoyed. Uh, we went swimming in. So I I I've been swimming. I've we grew up on a lake, so like relatively strong swimmer, I guess. And from the the triathlon days when I was semi competitive. And so I do a lot of like open water swimming and dive and like free diving and stuff like that. Nope. And have scuba and snorkel and everything. Hard to know. But we were we were doing like this scuba snorkel thing in Belize by the, the Great Blue Hole. Where it's it just cool. It's cool. Like there's just a drop off and it's all of a sudden it's like, oh cool, there's the ground. And then there's basically a portal down to the center of the earth. And um and so 
you had snorkels on at that point and you could dive down if you wanted to and swim with the fish and stuff. Cause there's so many tourists at that point, the fish aren't really, they're like, what up? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You got a picture of it. Yeah. yeah. And so you could like dive down and stuff. And so I was diving down probably, I think like the furthest I was diving down was like 30 feet. Nope. It, and, um, was it free diving or you had a tank free diving? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> that is 31 feet too far. And yeah. And, um, and I'm trying to find the video here. And, but the funny part was, is, is for anyone that wasn't a strong swimmer or whatever, they gave you the option of having like pool noodles so you could like float at the top. And so yep. <laughs> the rest of the group that we were with and, uh, you know, cause for the most part, I've just sort of accepted that, you know, if death happens, it happens. You might as well, yeah. might as well have it. So we're out on the boat and the boat to get out there was a little bit rough. And I thought it was kind of fun cause you're just getting just tossed around or whatever. And, uh, everyone else is in the back when buckets puking. Yeah. It'd be thrown up. Yeah. And, uh, so we got out there and then I don't know what it is with American tourists that <laughs> just being supported by two pool noodles floating at the top of the ocean with a snorkel. <laughs> it's just it's like, it's a rookie mistake. <laughs> you, you look at like gorillas and apex predators and you think, how did we get here? Like we are the number one predator. Like we are the number one predator and we're getting worried. Like the biggest thing that we're worried about for the next week is getting sunburnt on like the back of our legs because pool noodles are keeping the top of a back above the water. <laughs> Dude, I would need a lot of pool noodles. I need like a full pool noodle raft. I'd want like crazy uh, floaties that can expand when I press a button. Yeah. Like across my whole body. I would need it. It's just like the, it's just something about floating at the top of the ocean with pool noodles and, uh, and a rented snorkel that just is the, I don't know why it screams the most unathletic thing that could be possibly done. Dude, I've seen some pretty crazy feats of unathleticism. Like feeble or fibility maybe? Is fibility a word? Like the feebleness? Could be. I don't know. We could coin it. the doctor. We could make that word up. Maybe. Just like you were talking about with the paper I was writing. Yeah, but if you used feebility in a paper enough times, do you think it would automatically be like accepted? Sure. In science? Yeah. Well, you know what your next task is. That's what I'm saying. You gotta use it a hundred times in a paper. You can make up words. People make up words all the time. Yeah. Eminem. A lot of made up words. He just be saying shit. Let's look at this video. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awesome. Just, to be fair, I would be one of them. Just hanging out. It's like I can laugh all I want, but realistically, I would be the one with a pool noodle or what do they call them when you have little floaties on your arms? What are those things called? Oh, water wings? Water wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd have those. A lot of them. I should probably start rolling in jiu-jitsu with water wings. Probably. And like a... I don't know, pool noodles across your chest? Something. Something rigid. We have pool noodles underneath the mats. Do we really? Yeah. That's why the mats are, are a little extra springy. That actually makes sense. Yeah. Dude, on that weird little peninsula that juts out, there's like a part where two mats are split, and I got my toes stuck in it one time when we were doing warm-ups. 
got terrified that I was going to break it. I was fine, but knowing my luck, it'll happen one of these days. Yeah, that makes for a rough one. Yeah. Gosh, I'm trying to find... I know I have the video. I'm just, like, looking through Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to go into your pictures and then search, like, snorkel. Uh, I found the snorkeling video. Like, I found the video of me, like, with the sea turtle, but not the one where we're, like, diving down. Mm. Sounds terrifying. I don't think I could do it. And, like, I understand, like, snorkeling around a reef would be cool. It'd be a cool experience. But that's some shit that would happen to me where, like, my flipper would get waterlogged and then it would start dragging me down and I'd freak out. Or I would just shed the thing in the first place and then try and, like, shimmy my way up to the surface. And then I would never dive back down again. Happens to the best of us. I just couldn't do it. So we're not taking a group outing to... No. I don't care where the answer is, no. Free dive? No. I won't even jump off of a dock into water. I dislike it so much. Really? I'm not cliff jumping. I'm not doing any of it. That's what finally did it into my meniscus and I need a knee surgery, was jumping off of a dock. That doesn't surprise me. I I I mean, I was already pretty partially torn from like a clean, like a clean jerk. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, then I went to go jump off a dock and then it went snap right as I jumped and I went, Oh no. You know what you should do now as a grown man with adult money? Questionable. Both questionable, but you should do physical therapy because when you're like 50, your body's going to betray you and you're going to be stuck with like a walker with tennis balls on the bottom. And I hope that everybody makes fun of you. There we go. Can't go down. Are you wearing basketball shorts? No. Oh. Amazon swim trunks. <laughs> 17 bucks. Eh, pretty far down. Do they got any uh, sketchy sea beasts out there in Belize? Anything that can eat you or kill you? Sea, sea beasts? Sea beasts. Oh, sea beasts. Like crazy electric eels or sharks or snapping turtles. Something I don't know. Uh... No, I did chase the stingray. Then I turned around. Steve Irwin. Yeah. Did you have a spear? No. Can we talk about that? Did we talk about Steve Irwin? No, I'm just like potentially harming animals. Oh, even if it's a joke. I don't know. You never know. All right. So we covered injuries. What's next? What's the newest in what science? What about recovering? From injuries, training through injuries. Physical therapy. Mm. Well, physical therapy. When in Two doubt, words. go to a physical therapist. No, always go to a physical therapist if you can. As I said, when in doubt, go to a physical therapist. <laughs> Two different things. Anyway. Oh. Well. Say your piece. The thing about injuries, though, is that they happen, and initially, it sucks. I mean, it always sucks, but initially it sucks because every movement that you're doing in your daily life hurts. And then your entire routine's thrown off. Mm-hmm. And then it always feels like, well, I'm broken forever. Mm-hmm. You know, like even with the clavicle, it's like, well, the left side of my body's dead. It might be. It may as well just like figure it. I might as well figure out how to do everything with my right hand now. But then right. the pain kind of subsides and then you start to realize, okay, maybe I'm not completely dead, but just dead on the inside. Always. I think the biggest problem, though, that I run into, at least with injuries, 
is that when I come back from an injury of any kind, even if it's just minor, usually they're minor. Like I've had like the foot surgery was a big one. I broke an arm when I was a little kid and like tore my UCLs in both arms. Um, but usually it's like ulnar a minor ligament. Huh? It's the ulnar ligament. Yeah. Something, something UCL ulnar, something ligament. ulnar cruciate. I don't know. Not a doctor. I think it's cruciate. Anyways, um, if I'm wrong, that'll sound really bad. Probably. But I always struggle to like deal with a minor injury. And then when I come back. Ulnar collateral ligament. You should have known that. I'm well, not in orthopedics. Doesn't matter. PhD revoked. <laughs> so when I go back to training finally, regardless of whatever it is, like messed up shoulder, like, you know, when you're doing overhead press, mm-hmm. you go kind of heavy and your shoulder gets tweaked and you're like, I probably shouldn't overhead press for a week, two weeks, whatever it is until you stop feeling the pain. I'll always go back and try and use the exact same weight that I just hurt myself with. Oh, yeah. Or like when you take time off of lifting for whatever reason and you come back, I go straight back into the previous weight that's on my spreadsheet. Yeah. And it's like it just messes me up every time. And then I re-injure it or come back to jujitsu after not doing it for a while. You get sick and you're like, oh, I'm going to go for, in your case, like 10 rounds. First thing for Mark was he found the next 6'7 guy and thought, this is where we're going to start again. Exactly. It very well could have been. Like, Mark is a good example. Mark popped his rib and trained throughout the whole thing. Granted, we were all careful, but, like, yeah, you rolled through that entire rib injury, like, six days a week still. Yeah, what are you going to do? What did you do for it? I had that um, that strap thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, like Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, Can I, I say that? No, I didn't. You can we say lived it. together. <laughs> when I, know, that happened. I don't remember what you You can say it. <laughs> okay, so no ice. Actually, I do remember you were pretty uh, anti-taking care of it in general. Maybe you weren't the best person. I think we've all rolled through rib injuries, though. I've never had a rib injury. Really? Well, I guess this technically is a rib injury. Yeah. But wow. I like, never popped a rib. I've never broken a rib. That's impressive. Never really had any rib pain. When I was a white belt, I got uchimata'd into a different planet and uh, and just got a rib popped at that one. But that I feel like that's a respectable injury. Like, it is a contact sport, so there's going to be some hard hits. And part of your job is to prevent that, those from happening. And so I feel like at that point, I had, I had gotten got. Like, that was a beautiful uchimata throw. Who threw you? Uh... Was it Dan? No, no. It was someone at the other gym. Ah. Uh, uh, to be unnamed. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice guy. Really nice guy. But he threw the shit out of you. But he threw me into a, an oblivion, and he just turned his hip in, and I went flying and just feet over up towards the air into the ceiling and just smack. Hit the ground, and it went pop. And I was like, Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Like if I've gotten, if I had, if I got bested that bad, I probably deserve that. Yeah, you probably did. You know, so like things like that happen. Like, and and that's not necessarily. And there was nothing that was done that was wrong. In fact, it was just done so well. Yeah, you just got thrown. That you just got. It just happens. And uh, but then there's things like this, which is just dumb. Yeah. That it just, you look back and you go, okay, maybe I shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. But in reality, it was just like a, a dumb injury. Yeah. I feel like both my UCLs were dumb injuries. 
like ripping a belly down arm bar way too fast. Yeah. Pretty stupid. Yeah. And then my shit popped. But like training through a rib injury, well, you just, yeah, you wrap it and what, try and ice it, take, yeah. Tylenol or something? No. 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 Nothing. Just out of it. Yeah, there. I mean, to, to be fair, though, at least rib injuries heal relatively quickly compared to a lot of other things. Like ribs and collarbones tend to heal pretty fast because the bones are always moving. Hmm. So most of the healing machinery, if you will, sort of is sped up because things are always moving. It's got to heal fast. You know what doesn't heal fast? Elbows. Elbows take a long time because they're always moving them. Legs take a long time because they're big bones. Constant. Yeah. I don't know. So recovery, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the expert on recovery. The problem is, is that for the most part, rest, ice, compression, and elevation is like rice, the rice method. Kind of heal, like time heals most wounds. Yeah, but you want to get back into it. I know. That's the problem. And we talked about this earlier where there's this weird obsession. I don't know if you have it too. But where whenever you injure something, there's like this this constant urge to move it, like to always test it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're always, I'm going to test it, see if it really is injured, even though you know it's injured. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that rib is broke. There's no need to do sit-ups every day to test it. You're but every broken. day you wake up or something, you're like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, sit up. Maybe it just magically went away. It didn't. And every time it doesn't. And then the only thing you do is you make it worse or you always test or something like, I don't know, you have a, a strained muscle and you have this constant urge to jam your thumb into it. Like maybe for some unknown reason, you can massage the strain out of it, which it doesn't happen. That's what I think. I, I know think that's what every time, every time someone injures something, the first thing they do is they grab a tennis ball and jam it in there mm-hmm. and they lay on the ground and they roll into a tennis ball. And all they do is they're just putting trauma onto an already trauma Trump are already injured muscle and it just makes it worse. Like there's just no winning. And especially with jujitsu, like you get addicted to it and you just want to keep going back as much as possible. Yeah. And like makes sense to not train through an injury sometimes. I mean, if you have like a minor tweak or like, you know, an ankle that yeah. got popped and it's a little sore, like you can put on a brace and you'll be fine. Yeah. But yeah, broken bone probably shouldn't train and you probably shouldn't train at week seven, which you likely will do. Zach's looking at me. <laughs> Dude, that's because it's going to be a problem, and you're going to come to the gym. You're going to do warm-ups. Training is going to be fine, and you're not going to be able to just leave it at training. Yeah. And want 10 rounds afterwards. I know. I know. That's and then you're going to take like four more weeks off because you fucked it up again. I know. But thankfully, I have Zach looking over. I'm not going to be able I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. Yeah. I'm not going to force you off the mats. <laughs> Yeah. It's going to be your problem to deal with. Lure me off with Taco Bell. Probably. Like a dog. It'd be easy. It'd be easy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, with high... I can't say high-level training when it's talking about your own training because it kind of sounds like... But with decent-level training, if you're actually serious about training, there's going to be tweaks and stuff all the time. And so there is a part of learning how to manage injuries versus... Because, like, if you're, I mean, there's a thing to, to be said about always waiting until you're at 100%. But a lot of times, then you're going to have so many breaks off of training that you're never really going to fully be able to train or something. You know, like, if you're, like, you tweak your knee a little bit or something like that, you still have your upper body that you can do. 
it's not going to be perfect training, but there still is training and stuff that you can do and yeah. vice versa. With it does make it hard though. It what? Makes it hard though. It does make it hard. And especially like the motivation is tough, but yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, sometimes you see there's always like these little tweaks and you feel bad for the person that, you know, there's a tiny little tweak. Okay. I'm going to take three weeks off, but then you go in the cycle of always taking so much time off and then just a constant cycle of coming back from injury, which maybe you could argue would be mitigated if you actually just took the time off necessary to fully heal. But yeah, I feel like I've done both like trained through minor tweaks and they always just end up healing or when something more significant happens, I've tended to come back too early. Yeah. And then it gets like extra fucked up and what should have been 10 weeks. I tried to come back at eight weeks and now it's like 17 weeks total that I'm off. Yeah. I'm like, this is stupid. But like normal little tweaks, those are all, I think, pretty fine. I think it also depends on like your pain threshold yeah. that you're willing to actually put up with on a daily basis. And just understanding that when you do something as physical as jujitsu or Muay Thai or probably most martial arts other than like Aikido or karate or Taekwondo, your body's probably going to be in pain most of the time. Yeah. It's like There's also that unknown factor with the martial arts of the other person. Mm, yeah. You know, like with weightlifting, you can kind of control where the load is. I was just laughing because you just talked about tearing something from a clean and jerk. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> Probably not the best person to take advice from. Yeah, yeah. But you can kind of like, you know, determine like, okay, I'm not going to do, if I injure my shoulder, I'm not going to do side laterals. Like you can, you can kind of determine where the force is yeah but you need them cannonballs yeah you need them cannonball shoulders but uh with 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 the martial arts or contact sports you you don't necessarily know where that other person is going to lay on and so you're trying to keep the pressure off of that rib and then suddenly they're smashing inside control yeah. and although it was your fault that they got there you know it's like eh yeah, but that's like the most annoying thing. When it's like, how do you defend this? And like, oh, don't defend it. Just don't get there. Yeah, I know. That's the worst advice. <clears throat> you just don't get there in the first place. Well, I ended up here. I, well, that's the goal I had and that didn't work. So how about we rephrase the question of when my original plan doesn't work, what do I do? Yeah. Like how do you defend D-Path when the person shoots yeah. for D-Path constantly and is strong and will get you in D-Path? How do you defend that? You know, like those demon. are the questions that you should ask. Not how do I defend the half guard sweep? <laughs> Demons coming out. They always are. That's got a thing against deep half. Cause it's stupid. It works. It's stupid. It works every time. So dumb. 75% of the time. I hate deep half. It is very effective though. It's very effective. You know how to do it. You just got to be careful with who you roll with or preemptively tell them what's messed up. Yeah. I feel like. We all did a pretty good job at mentioning what was messed up and everyone's pretty careful. And then there's some assholes that just like, you're like, hey, my right arm's messed up. And they're like, oh, I'm going to armbar his right arm. So I went, fuck you. <laughs> I always feel weird though. At, uh, when someone tells you, okay, I have a, I have an injury here. Just a heads up. And you're like, okay, sounds good. So you're kind of going like flow rolly pace or whatever. And suddenly they're ripping a, like a bow and arrow at 110% on you. Mm -hmm. And what do you do then? Like, what do you do? 
you pick them up like a backpack and you jump into the air and land like directly on your back you know or they're getting they're getting like to 90th percent of a, a submission or something and then you're kind of stuck with the thing and, and they're ramping the pace up you know like well uh i mean it's kind of on you i guess to try to ramp it down but it should be on them to kind of control the pace at that point the escalator I feel like Everyone if you're the one that's saying, if you're there saying, uh, I'm injured, let's be careful, then you're, it's on you now to set the pace and it's on the other person to follow. Yeah, I don't know. That one's always tough. Yeah. That one's always tough. I've been the guy that's injured. I'm like, hey, be careful with my right arm because it's messed up. And like, I can still do stuff. I'm just telling you, don't attack it. Yeah. And it's like, if we're doing normal stuff, like, I'm not gripping with my right hand at all. It's just kind of like, tucked up mm-hmm. against my side but like i'm still rolling with two legs and one arm so it's fine but then yeah some people are like you're going really hard right now and it's like i'm i'm not asking you to flow roll with me i'm just mm-hmm. asking you not to i guess yeah. like put any locks on my right arm yeah that's it i don't know it's tricky it's tricky mark thoughts um just punch choke them <laughs> yeah, so their arms that work just things. punch choke them. yeah that's all the most thing got it little punch choke that's a good idea. There's a really slick, like, overhook on the arm to, like, cross column. I don't normally punch choke. I love it. That's a good one. Yeah. I've tried to punch choke you many times. I just eat it. <laughs> I just take it. <laughs> I don't have to punch choke. Didn't you punch choke somebody inside their guard the other day and get them? There's some things that I refuse to tap to, and a punch choke is one, and a buggy choke is two. I don't think I've ever been buggy choked. It's not fun, but you can push your forearm down into their throat as they're buggy choking you and you can get out, but you gotta, you gotta eat a choke hard for a while. I don't even know what it would feel like. I feel like you could do buggy chokes. Mark's got some crazy legs on him. Oh, I was going to say Mark's six, four, six, (laughs) six, four, six, four. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta be pretty tall and flexible. Marcus Flexible, I think he can make it work. He just got to get into some no-gi action, start buggy choking fools left and right. Yeah, I've only taken one no-gi class. Didn't you guys just do takedowns too? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Or was they it were like training for comp or something. Mm-hmm. That's rough. Mm-hmm. No-gi's fun. It is. I had never taken a no-gi class until I came to this gym. It really developed your geek game. Yeah, because you can't rely on your grips anymore. Yeah. So like is, you really have to learn how to control people. Which is good and bad. It sucks when you like wish you had a grip, but it's also really nice when people aren't just death gripping your pant leg. Mm. This is so frustrating. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Pros and cons. Well, it's like, especially a couple rounds in, everyone's so sweaty that it's like you're basically Vaselined up. Yeah. Nick told me before my first class that it was like wrestling a lubed up salmon. I did. <laughs> and then he found out. It is 100% like wrestling a 200-pound lubed-up salmon. It is slippery and moist. Can't grip anything. No. You're just like slipping and sliding around, but you can get caught in a really bad position and just... Yeah, you wiggle enough, you can get out of most things. That's the, the Side control is no longer a holding position in that. No, like they have to move. You just slip right up. Yeah. You got to stay. It also makes you feel like you have to be more dynamic. Like in gi, you can just kind of sit and like not mm, do anything and just like get a grip, whatever, get a 
Like, especially if you have something locked down and then a grip that's preventing them from preventing or from getting out of the lockdown. Super easy, but you don't have that in gi. So you can't really grab anything. If you like grab a wrist, you can go two on one or something like that, but they're probably still going to get out of it if they're strong. So you like always have to be moving and grabbing something else. That's pretty tight. Yeah. Sometimes you grab another grown man, grown man's junk by accident. Yeah. But it's all part of the game. Just get a hefty handful. Yeah, sometimes when hands are flailing, you don't know where they're going to go. Nah. Nah, it's all good, though. Yeah. It happens. Send them a DM after. Hey, man, good rolls. Sorry about that, but <laughs> if you want to roll tomorrow, I'll be there. <laughs> the wink. And that'll be the mark that we clip. <laughs> <laughs> Turn that into a one of the Instagram reel. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first part to start. Turn it into a reel. I don't know. Injuries suck. Injuries are the worst. Try not to get them. Your best remedy for an injury is don't get injured. The best remedy for injury is don't get injured. If you're going to train with an injury, be cautious. Yeah. Keep the weight and the load off of the injury. But it is possible to train through some minor tweaks. You just have to be smart about it. And don't go back to... Don't go back right away. No, don't go back to the pace that you were at when you got injured. Mm -hmm. Tone it down to like 60% of that. Yeah. Ease your way back in. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That's what happened with the chest. I went to go lift yesterday. And granted, it had been like 10 days. I thought that I would be good. I like slapped on PR weight on bench. I was like, this will work. Yep. That's it, right. I got it, but it hurt afterwards. And I was like, this. I used to have the mantra of if one muscle was injured, I might as well just keep lifting because all the other supporting muscles will now be more developed than they were before because they have to work harder. Sometimes I think about that. Yeah, that was, that was back in the, the lifting days. Yeah. I, people talk about that though. Like if you're going to do a, if you're going to bench to burn out your triceps before you bench, so that way all the load is on your chest. Yeah, yeah. Those pre-fatigue things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pre-fatigue. That's what it's called. Pre-fatigue. There's so many. The thing is, like, there's so many different methods that they all work. Yeah. But we'll do a we'll do a more science-y episode next episode. Yeah. Get something going there. For right now, it's just jujitsu rambling. And this injuries. was jujitsu rambling and injuries. Let's wrap this thing up and let's do a, let's talk about some science science episode it is yeah okay nick mark zach boom see it boom